We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 270, no, 247. I'm dyslexic today. 247. <laughs> I'm Rando, and I actually am here by myself today. Uh, I was going to have a special co-host, uh, but he could not make it uh, for valid reasons. So that's okay. Uh, it's going to be another quick one today, but I've got <laughs> some more some more guests uh, scheduled for next week, and I've already secured guests for the Christmas show, our, our special Christmas podcast, which we will drop on uh, the evening of December 22nd. Uh, it's going to give a, a nice overview of the potential of travel problems, which yeah, we're going to look there. I, you know, it's It's too far away now to... Uh, it's only the 12th. Today is the 12th. Uh, Christmas weekend is t- December 24th, 25th, and that's another 12 days away. So we're not going to really get into that. Anyway, if there would happen to be, let me put it that way, if there would happen to be any travel issues or snow, I don't know about a white Christmas either, so you have to tune in next week in the, the Christmas pod for that. So... Tune in for that. Anyway, uh, we do have some stuff to talk about. First of all, I want to do a special thank you to our friends Brad and Carrie Case. They every year on Christmas time, they are so kind and thoughtful and bring me a plate of goodies. There's tons of goodies in there. I mean, I can't even, boy, I can't even tell you all this in there. Snowmen and all sorts of cookies and and stuff. And they said that, you know, I could have it for myself or I could share it with everybody on the podcast. And so I think I'm going to share it with everybody on the podcast. Oh, wait, that's just me. So too bad. I guess I'm going to have to eat it all. So anyway, <laughs> thank you to Brad and Carrie for that. I totally appreciate it. I mean, I bake too, but I don't bake what you guys bring me. So that's really, really, really nice, uh, thoughtful. So, okay. You know, we have been in this <laughs> damp. Let's see, how did I put it on the on the outline? Uh, dank, damp, drizzly, and doomy pattern. <laughs> it's been. You know, we've had. We're stuck. We're in this this foggy pattern with drizzle. We've had a couple of dense fog advisories come out, and they've lasted. You know, longer than nine. I mean, when you when we normally get dense fog advisories, the fog tends to clear out about nine o'clock. In the morning, you know, 9 or 10 or whatever, uh, when the sun really gets going. But we're in this pattern where the atmosphere is extremely moist uh, and the sun really hasn't come out. I, we haven't really seen the sun in quite a while and we've had this drizzly pattern. It's just the way the atmosphere is set up. 
and uh, we haven't been able to break that. And matter of fact, today I'm recording this Monday. Uh, it's about noon right now on Monday, December 12th, and I, I, I wanted to wait until today to drop this podcast because we have got uh, a pretty stout cold front coming uh, it tonight. Uh, a, a, a classic low pressure, well, not okay, quasi classic, uh, low pressure system coming out of the Rockies. It is going into Nebraska and it's got a trailing cold front that stretches from, well, Nebraska down through Kansas, through Oklahoma to Texas. It's just one of those huge, big, comma looking storm systems and it's pretty vigorous, vigorous. I can't even talk today. <laughs> Vigorous today. Uh, and that's going to be sweeping through Kansas and uh, infiltrating our area this evening. So let me get, I'm going to get my models up here. Let's do just a, a quick check of, of models uh, right now. Like I said, the, we, we can just get what the latest is at noon. Now the NAM uh, is advertising, you know, this, this big low moving in at, uh, at 9Z, uh, 9Z, we're in daylight, uh, no, uh, Central Standard Time, so it's 6 minus that. So 3 a.m., this low is going to be entering Nebraska in the associated line of thunderstorms. Uh, associated with the cold front, will be in Kansas through Oklahoma through Texas down through San Antonio. Uh, ahead of that line, we've got a batch of showers and Potential thunder. Um, instability is almost zero with this thing. Uh, but we may get thunder just for the simple fact that we've got a strong wind shear situation setting up. So if we can get any updrafts at all, it will get locked into that wind shear and we could you know, have some lift. The forcing is great, which means forcing is when you have one air mass slamming into another one and it just pushes it up. I mean, it's forcing it to, to go uh, upward. And with all the moisture in place and all this wind shear, it is possible to have some thunder. But really, without any instability, the severe threat is is literally zero. And um, we're going to talk about where the severe threat is going to be in a little bit. But I've got the models up now. So, okay. So, I'm just going to give you a couple scenarios uh, the, the NAM says we could start getting some showers probably by 8Z, which is about 2 o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, we, I think we could get some stuff maybe, I mean, just showers before that. I mean, shoot, it's drizzly out there right now. Uh, that's the pre-line, and then the main line, according to the NAM, looks to come through about 20Z, which is about 3 o'clock tomorrow. And behind that, uh, well, actually ahead and behind that, the pressure gradient is really tight. So it's going to be windy. Uh, not sure if we're going to breach the wind advisory criteria. I think some some places may. Uh, Brand said, I don't think we are. Uh, let me go through. Let's look at the wharf suite. Uh, and that's, well, yeah, it's almost matching the NAM. I mean, we, we are literally 24 hour, within 24 hours of this thing. So, uh, yeah, so the wharf suite is saying pro probably something by th uh, 3 uh, a.m., which is the same as the NAM, and the main line would go through about 21Z. Yeah, it's, it's the same. So let's see how far the... the uh, the her no, let's look at the FV3. I always like to check all the models, you know, if they're all in consensus, if they're all saying the same thing, it's a very, very high confidence situation. Uh, the WF, 
uh, not WF, FV3 high resolution, which is, I think, is an extension of the GFS. Uh, they're saying probably, eh, they're not saying much in the pre-line. Uh, what they're saying is showers may move into the Branson area at 13Z. Okay, so that would be 7 a.m. But then the main line going through uh, 1920 or 21Z, which is about 3 o'clock. So it looks like the main cold front is going to sweep through about 3, uh, let's say either side of 3 tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah. And, and here's something weird. The low is in Nebraska. Okay, so there's not going to be immediately a lot of cold air behind this thing. I mean, we'll have some temp drop just because the rain cooled air and some stuff. Uh, but usually when you get that low pressure that's going over southwest Missouri or southeast Kansas, you know, in the vicinity, and it passes through and gets to the east of us, then the back side of that will pull down a lot colder air. So there's going to be a, a vast temperature difference. The low this time is not near us. It's in Nebraska. So we're not going to see a huge temperature drop behind this thing. And matter of fact, temperatures are going to warm up to near 60 on Tuesday. We'll get to the temps in a minute. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, now what this low is going to do, the low is going to kind of slow down and kind of meander a little bit and head towards the Great Lakes in the next two or three days. And what that's going to do is kind of keep... A northwest flow. I mean, we are we're going to go through a pattern change, and there looks like a chunk of Arctic or Canadian air coming in from the northwest all week long. So uh, <laughs> we the average high and low for Springfield is around forty eight and twenty four. Uh, no, no, forty eight and twenty nine. Sorry, forty eight degrees and twenty nine degrees is kind of the average. So add a degree or you know two for that for Branson. We're a little bit further south. Um, so temperatures. Behind this, because of this north, northwest flow coming in, is are going to drop. So let's talk about what the daily high temperatures forecasted by the Springfield National Weather Service for the Branson area. Tuesday, high of 59, then that cold front comes through. Wednesday, sunny. We're going to have sunny after this. So once this thing sweeps through, it's going to scour out all of this fog and muck and and dank and whatever that was I said in the beginning of the show. Um, yeah, so so northwest flow, sunny conditions. Wednesday, high 54. Thursday, high 43. Friday's high 39. Saturday's going to be the coldest day with a high of 35. Wow. So we are definitely going to be going into winter. And think about it. We're in the mid, mid part of December now, so it's going. those temperatures are going to tank. Uh, uh, I, I'm glad they're going slow this time because that's kind of a good atmospheric reset and come back down. But then on Sunday, we get a big warm-up. The high is going to be around 40. <laughs> and that's something. Uh, okay, so let, I want to go back and talk about the Storm Prediction Center. They uh, have been watching this system for a long time. Uh, we've had even day six projection, uh, day six outlook. That's kind of rare that they would you know, post something for day six or day seven. Uh, it goes out day eight, but generally, unless there's confidence there, they don't hit day seven or day eight very, very much. So uh, what's happening now? I'm looking at the Storm Prediction Center, a enhanced risk of severe thunderstorms and tornadoes uh, now lie in northern Louisiana. 
So this goes basically to the border. It extends into just a tad of southeast Texas. Around that, a slight risk through half of Mississippi, the, the southern half of Arkansas, southeast Oklahoma, and uh, eastern Texas. Above that, outlined of that, is a marginal risk. Now, I'm, I'm telling you this for a reason. Two days ago, the marginal risk was way down south. The marginal risk now is up. It's not to Harrison, but it, it's, it's around four, uh, Highway 412, I think. It's, it's kind of there. Fayetteville's barely in it. The boot heel is in it. Uh, we are not in it. We are in General Thunder, and actually the General Thunder goes all the way up to Nebraska, which makes total sense, meaning that that cold front is going to spark all that stuff. So in the past couple of days, that marginal risk has moved north just a little bit. And again, like I mentioned earlier, we have pretty much no instability. You've got to have some instability to really get those thunderstorms going. And we just don't have it. All, all we're doing is relying on strong wind shear and forcing to kind of get the thunderstorms up. So a lot of us in southwest Missouri may not even hear any thunder. I mean, we may. I'm thinking because the dynamics of this thing are pretty, yeah, they're, they're pretty strong. So not going to do it. Okay, let me see. I'm looking at my outline. Uh, okay, let's look ahead. And I'm going to tell you why I'm looking ahead. Uh, we're going to have... I mean, it's December, so the, the, the GFS is going to have, hang on, that's not what I want. Hey, this is a professional podcast. I keep clicking the wrong button. There we go. Okay, the GFS has been playing with the longer range, saying, oh, it's going to be about of snow here, and then the next run, okay, nothing, and then... Two runs later, ooh, it could be an icing situation. Northeast Oklahoma to southwest Missouri. Got to watch that. Then the next run, eh, nothing. And it's really kind of far out to have any other models uh, latch onto it. The, the, the Canadian is next. The Canadian goes out 240 hours. So uh, the GFS goes out, what, 384? I think it's way out there. And again, I say this every time. If you're a new listener, I'm going to say it again. You cannot rely on a very, very long-range model forecast. You could, you look at it as eye candy, and you follow trends. That's why they go out that far. If you see something consistently run after run after run after run, then, then your confidence kind of builds. But right now, it's just eye candy. So I'm going to go, excuse me, I'm going to go out uh, and see what the GFS says today. So right now... Uh, it says some rain, maybe some snow on the 20th. That's a new one, uh, and that's brief. And then uh, some freezing rain or sleet on, yeah, around the 20th. Again, I'm not, this is not a forecast. This is just eye candy. And now it looks like a major, major ice storm down in Louisiana and snow and, and doom and gloom and apocalypse on the 23rd. Don't believe it. Just don't believe it. That's what the, the GFS is saying. Uh, the reason I, okay, the reason I'm saying this now is because a couple of days ago, the GF had, GFS had all of this snow and ice well for like a state couple of states north of there like kansas and missouri now it says kansas missouri nothing and whatever so again we're looking at it as eye candy uh at this point the gfs doesn't look like oh we're probably won't have a white christmas i know i know yeah but again this is long range things 
can change. All right, so you're just we're just going to have to stay tuned. Like I said, we'll have a podcast next Sunday, hopefully, and then we will have uh, the Christmas podcast on the 22nd, and we will know a lot more at that point. So you got to tune back in. All right, so this, this week's Weather School is all about the different branches of NOAA. Uh, I've, I've learned from this, but when I was making this Weather School, uh, I didn't know some of these branches. Like, really? NOAA controls this and that? I mean, it, it's just pretty crazy. So I found this very fascinating, and I wanted to play again. So let's uh, now get to the Weather School. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. The NHC is tracking a storm near land. The SPC and the WPC are now getting involved too. Huh? The National Weather Service is where we get most of our weather information. But they are only a portion of a much larger enterprise, NOAA. NOAA, or the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, is an American scientific agency within the United States Department of Commerce that focuses on conditions of the oceans, major waterways, and the atmosphere. The organization warns of dangerous weather, charts seas, guides the use of protection of ocean and coastal resources, and conducts research to provide understanding and improve stewardship of the environment. NOAA was officially formed in 1970 and in 2017 had over 11,000 civilian employees. Its research and operations are further supported by 321 uniformed service members who make up the NOAA Commissioned Corps. So let's take a look at some of the many branches of NOAA. The one we are all familiar with, the National Weather Service. The NWS is tasked with providing weather, hydrologic, and climate forecasts and warnings for the United States, its territories, adjacent waters and ocean areas for the protection of life and property and the enhancement of the national economy. This is done through a collection of national and regional centers, 13 river forecast centers, and more than 120 local weather service offices. The National Weather Service is responsible for issuing weather and river forecasts, advisories, watches, and warnings on a daily basis. They issue more than 734,000 weather forecasts, 850 river forecasts, and more than 45,000 severe weather warnings annually. Some of the branches under the National Weather Service umbrella are the Weather Prediction Center, formerly known as the Hydrometeorological Prediction Center, it serves as a center for quantitative precipitation forecasting or rainfall amounts, medium range forecasting from three to eight days, and the interpretation of numerical weather model predictions. 
The National Hurricane Center is responsible for tracking and predicting weather systems within the tropics in the Atlantic and the eastern Pacific Oceans. The agency is situated on the campus of Florida International University in University Park, Florida. They take data from reconnaissance aircraft that fly into storms and track the progression of tropical cyclones. The Storm Prediction Center. This agency monitors the contiguous U.S. and is responsible for severe weather situations. They are the ones who issue severe thunderstorm watches and tornado watches. The local National Weather Service forecast offices are the ones who issue the warnings. Next is the Climate Prediction Center, or CPC. Their job is to offer predictions of climate variability and real-time monitoring of global climate. Applications include the mitigation of weather-related natural disasters and uses for social and economic good in agriculture, energy, transportation, water resources, and health. And we have the Space Weather Prediction Center. This branch provides space weather alerts and warnings for disturbances that can affect people and equipment working in space and on Earth. Now, all of these departments I just mentioned are under the control of the National Weather Service, which is under the control of NOAA. <laughs> now, here are some other branches of the parent organization of NOAA. The National Environmental Satellite Data and Information Service, or NESDIS. This department was created by NOAA to operate and manage the U.S. environmental satellite programs and manage National Weather Service data and those of other government agencies and departments. The National Ocean Service, or NOS, focuses on ensuring that ocean and coastal areas are safe, healthy, and productive. NOS scientists, natural resource managers, and specialists serve America by ensuring safe and efficient marine transportation, promoting innovative solutions to protect coastal communities, and conserving marine and coastal places. The National Marine Fisheries Service, also known as NOAA Fisheries, was initiated in 1871 with the primary goal of the research, protection, management, and restoration of commercial and recreational fisheries and their habitat. The Office of Marine and Aviation Operations is responsible for the fleet of NOAA ships, aircraft, and diving operations. It has the largest research fleet of the federal government. Its personnel are made up of civilians and the NOAA Commission Corps. The National Integrated Drought Information System is a program within NOAA with an intra-agency mandate to coordinate and integrate drought research, building upon existing federal, tribal, state, and local partnerships in support of creating a National Drought Early Warning Information System. These are just some of the branches of NOAA, and honestly, there are way too many to mention in this weather school. Just know that the entire NOAA organization is a highly complex group of scientific-based agencies that are keeping the planet and the people safe. 
If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there you go. Edumacated, all about the branches of NOAA. All right, so I've got a couple of things on in other news. Uh, I thought this was very fascinating. Uh, it's a CNN report. Uh, the ski resorts are melting. Climate change is uh, affecting, well, every place, every place in the world. Uh, we're, you know, we're possibly going to get higher, you know, warmer and warmer. Well, we are. I mean, every year is kind of warmer and warmer and warmer and warmer. So we got to do something about it. Anyway, uh, here's a couple of highlights from the ski resorts. This the article. It said the ski lifts need power to keep turning all season. Resort buildings need energy. Snow groomers need fuel and guests need to travel, often creating large carbon footprints from the long flights. The resorts now need water-thirsty snow cannons to ensure enough of the white stuff for the business to operate. So it's like that they're not getting enough snow, so they're having to go all these uh, big expenses just to make it, you know, so everybody can ski. Uh, the, although I did find this fascinating. Work is underway currently to switch Aspen to 100% renewable energy by 2030. Now, once that happens, then the energy and the cost won't be much of a problem because everything would be, well, not as much as a, of a problem. And finally, on this one, the World Meteorological Organization, or the WMO, estimates that we could see another hottest year on record within the next five years, beating the previous record set in 2016. So uh, I did not back research this. Uh, I, th- I guess 2016 was the warmest on record for a while. Uh, wow, it's pretty, pretty amazing. So, okay, the other thing I had uh, is this one is from Nature World News, and actually, Stuart, uh, our buddy Stuart in North Pole, Alaska, sent us this, and uh, the 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 site he he sent us. I I didn't have a lot of information, so I went and I googled it, and here it is. I found it in NatureWorldNews.com. The warmest Polar night reaches 40 degrees in record-breaking temperature high, even though there was no sun for days in Alaska. So what they were saying is they they had the warmest polar night, I think, ever. 40 degrees. I wonder if this could be my, ooh, my favorite place. Hmm, going to have to think about that. Let's read the article just a little bit. It says, even though the sun has not been shining, Alaska experienced record-breaking temperatures of 40 degrees. Now, this is above zero, 40. Um, A wind shift brought a surge of mild, cold air to this Arctic outpost on Monday morning in the northernmost town of Alaska, Uh, They experienced a fleeting taste of winter warmth, at least relatively speaking. Uh, Going on, it says, uh, the morning of Monday in Utkiagvik. That's my favorite. Uh, Formerly known as Barrow. If you look on Alaska, just look at the top little, there's a little divot there. And you can see in there, it'll say Utkiagvik or Barrow if the map hasn't updated so anyway it started as usual although it was 20 degrees outside 20 just 20 
The wind chill was close to zero due to 35 mile per hour southeasterly gusts. Now, southeast, okay, there, that's the, that's one of the clues. Southeasterly, so it's not coming off the water; it's coming off of someplace else. This is uh, then, as a band of snow moved in, the wind shifted to the south, turning up the heat, sending the temperatures soaring from 25 to a toasty 40 degrees in just 30 minutes. So, looks like there could be like a little heat thing there going on. Uh, 25, from 25 to 40, it, it was at 15 degrees in 30 minutes. Wow. Uh, said the, the reading broke the previous record of 34 degrees for a high set back in 1932 for the town's warmest December day by several degrees. In fact, it was warmer than any other winter ever measured. Wow. Uh, and lastly, the, the warmest temperatures ever recorded in late fall or early spring also fell short of this new record. Uh, yeah, I would strongly suggest looking at the, you know, you could just Google it. Uh, what I Googled was warmest polar night, and a bunch of articles came up. So that's fascinating. Uh, it, so that 40 degrees in the northernmost part of Alaska, Utkiagvik, uh, is going to be warmer than our high here in Branson on Saturday. Ooh, how about that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be something else. So, okay, like I said, this is going to be a short one. That's all I have. We're not going to do a weather word of the week because it's always fun to give those to the guests to see if they can pronounce it. <laughs> uh, okay, so again, next Sunday, hopefully uh, we'll have some... Uh, I'm going to tell you next Sunday, if, 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 the, if my guests can make it this is going to be one for the records we could completely go off the rails within five minutes uh it'll be fun <laughs> we'll see we'll see how it goes uh, and then join us for a christmas pod on the 22nd so i guess right now i should quit babbling and we should wrap this thing up so be sure to look for us on facebook at stormdar weather like and follow our page and be sure to like or comment on our post to have us show up in your news feed you can always contact us or our facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com also check out our website it's back up for a while uh at stormdarweather.com well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. <laughs>